Welcome to For The Culture Podcast. You have Rosé, Christina, and Max. And today we have Ariel Elizabeth. Hi. How are you doing today? And tell us about yourself. Good. I'm doing good. Happy Monday. Um, about myself, uh, I'm 19. I am an aspiring entrepreneur. I live in Florida. I'm from here, but I'm from the Bahamas as well. Um, so tell us about your, your life travels you've been to different places you were telling me. Yeah, so I was born here, I was born in Aventura, and um, I lived here until about eighth grade. I went to Westminster Christian Academy in Fort Lauderdale until fifth grade, and then I went to Deerfield Middle from until eighth grade, and then after that I moved to the Bahamas. I moved to the Bahamas for two years to spend some time with my dad, who lives down there, all my family lives down there except for my mom. And I lived there for two years, and then I moved to Charlotte for two years, and I graduated high school there last year. And then, um, well, when I had moved, I was living with my mom here. So when I had moved to the Bahamas, my mom had took a job in Charlotte. So after my time in the Bahamas was done, I just went back to live with my mom and she was just in Charlotte. So, yeah. And you telling me you wanted to move again um, for your business? Yeah so, at, yeah, so at the end of the month, I'm moving to Arizona um, for my business. Um, it's really... I'm moving to Tempe, and it's really just like a hub for entrepreneurs, forex traders, all that good stuff. So. How'd you get into that? How'd you know like where to locate yourself? Um, so really, what happened was I was on Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was on Instagram, and I followed some people who would always post charts, um, and they were like making money on their phone, and they would always post that stuff. And so I had hit up one of them. His name was Emery. Um, his name is Mr. Banks on Instagram. If y'all want to look him up, Mr. Banks. Mr. Banks on Instagram, and I had hit him up, and I was like, "Yo, like, what do you do?" Um, and he had told me like I trade on the forex market. He had given me all the information about it, and um, I was like, "Okay, I'm interested. I really want to do it." And the thing about him is he's really, really busy because he just got a lot going on. So he had this friend who he always used to tag on Instagram, whose name was Champ. So I ended up in Champ seems a little more low key than him because um, Emery has like like uh, thirty thousand followers on Instagram. So I had hit up Champ and I had asked Champ, "Hey, can you mentor me? I want to do this." So that's how I got into that. So. So, so what, is, what, what exactly is it like? What is the what is the foreign exchange market? How do you do it? Okay, so I trade I trade forex, which is the foreign exchange market. So the foreign exchange market is basically you're trading different currencies for one another. So say, um, say you're you live in Europe and you're going on a trip to the United States, so you need to trade your euros for U.S. dollars. But when you go to the United States, you end up not spending any money, and when you come back to uh, Europe, the exchange rate had changed. So now, when you like say you had two hundred dollars, you change that for let's see, 150 US dollars, you come back, the exchange rate's different, so now you get 250 euros back for your for your money. So it's kind of the same thing, except you're not actually traveling, you're just doing it on your phone. So you're basically predicting the whether the strength of a certain country's currency is gonna go up um, relative to another country's currency. So basically, um, Champ taught me how to learn how to do that. And at first, because a lot of people think you either have to have a lot of money to do it, or you have to be really good at math. Don't got a lot of money, and I don't hate math. <laughs> so he basically taught me that it's just about learning how to do it and being consistent with learning, and it doesn't take a lot of money. So that's why I got into that. So 
So in one word, how would you describe your life as an entrepreneur? Um, stressful or slash tiring. And why? Um, because it's just always a lot going on. Um, because now I'm in the process, because I'm now I'm in the process of when I move to Arizona, I'm about to quit my job here, move to Arizona and be a full-time entrepreneur. So it's like, I have to take that leap of faith, be able to do that and trust myself to be able to do that. And also you just always have a lot going on because it's like I trade Forex, I teach people how to trade Forex, and then I have, I'm coming out with my own company, so I have to deal with that on top of just the regular life stuff, being a 19 year old, having a boyfriend, having hormones, all of that good stuff. Your boyfriend moving with you too? Yeah, he's moving with me too. How he feels about that? Well, he was the one, he was always moving to Arizona because he lives in Atlanta right now. He was always moving to Arizona. And basically we just um, came together and decided that it would be a good time because there's nothing really holding me here right now. Like I'm not in school here or anything. So it would just be a good time to make that move and make that leap of faith. Because if not now, then when, you know? Okay. So is it like day trading or is it just like, are you making a profit every, like, is it a day? day, 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 day? Like, so you know how the stock market is um, nine to five? Yeah. So the Forex market is open 24 seven. Um, it closes at, I believe, five o'clock, six o'clock on Fridays and opens back up at four o'clock on Sundays. But between that time, except for the weekend, the market is always open. Now, there are different types of traders. You have scalpers, which are only, they'll go in a trade and they'll only be in the trade for 20 minutes to an hour. Then you have like day traders who will go in a trade, they'll be in a trade from four hours to um, a day, maybe two days. And then you have more long-term traders. I'm more, um, more of a day trade, I'll be in my trade for like two hours to six hours. And it just depends on the type of person you are, the type of risk you want to take. And then um, just because some people, they don't want to be on the charts all day. Or some people don't trust their analysis enough to put a trade in and then let it ride out. Because some, pe some people will put a trade in and then they'll see it go into the negatives and be like, nah, I got to get out of it. So it takes a lot of, um, you have to trust yourself to be able to do it because if you're always jumping on a trade, you're never going to see that really big profit. So it's funny you brought that up because um, I was doing research and they're pretty much saying that you know what the cycle of doom is, right? Mm -hmm. You never want to do that, pretty much. And that's pretty much like going in and out. It's like you keep going in a circle, in a circle. You got a strategy, you make some money, and then you start losing money. Cause it's like a win and loss thing. And you yeah. lose money, pretty much want to change the strategy and stuff like that. Yeah, you're going to want to change it. When you're losing money, you're going to want to change your strategy up. You're going to want to not do it anymore, all that stuff. It's kind of like, for exchange, it's kind of like life. Like you can't be jumping in and out of things when stuff doesn't work out. You got to trust yourself, trust your analysis, trust you with life in life, trust what you want to do in life and keep it moving because it's going to work out eventually. And with teaching people how to trade for it, that's why I'm really selective with the people who I choose to teach to because a lot of them will get into it for a month and then they'll see that they're losing money or they'll start trading too quickly without even learning everything that they need to learn. And as soon as they lose their money, um, they're like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. How long did it take to learn like, um, or really get it down? For me, it took about three weeks and then it took about two months to actually start seeing um, consistent profit because I was seeing profit, but then I had losses, profit, losses, profit, losses. And it took about two months for me to start seeing consistent profit. But a lot of people don't want to wait that long. They see you're making money on your phone, like, okay, I want to do that now. They want that quick book. 
yeah and it's not that it takes and it uh, for a lot of people it takes years to start making because I, fo I follow people and I know people that make five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars a day on the chart and I'm nowhere near that I make like maybe a hundred fifty to two hundred dollars a day on the chart and then also I'll have days where I don't make any money who lose money so where do you get your homework from and where do you get the analysis to like certain days do whatever you gotta do um well, it's only, she can't really, she go off one analysis, really, you're not supposed to switch it up. That's the cycle. Yeah, like on, the, yeah, like on Sundays, I'll sit down and I'll mark up my charts, meaning I'll look at like what trend lines are going on, what do I think I'm going to buy this week, what do I think I'm going to sell this week, and then keep it moving from there. For, on Mondays, I don't trade on Mondays or Fridays because the market is very volatile, but um, on Mondays, I'll look and I'll see which, which, um, which of my pairs, meaning currency pairs, which of them are moving how I said they would move when I marked it up. And if they're moving how I said they would move, that's when I'll make my decision, okay, yeah, I want to get in this trade, or no, I don't want to get in this trade. And then after a while, there'll be like one or two currency pairs that you only trade. Currency pairs meaning um, the US dollar versus the Canadian dollar, or the US dollar versus the Japanese yen, or um, uh, the British euro versus, like there are a whole bunch of different currency pairs. And the best traders focus on one or two pairs because they'll understand how that pair moves, if that makes sense. You don't find it funny that you hate math, but you deal with numbers all day. Oh, you deal with trends. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily numbers. That's, I think that's what a lot of people get into. It's not necessarily numbers. It's more trends. Everybody thinks it's numbers-based, and it's really... It is numbers-based, but you don't have to deal with the numbers because the computer does all the numbers for you. Once you, like look at the chart and you mark it up and you're like okay I'm gonna buy here and I'm gonna sell here or whatever and you punch you all gotta do you look at the number you punch it into your phone and you're like let it ride what's your favorite market to make money in um GJ which is the GBP versus the Japanese yen which is um what is GBP again I forgot um it's not the euro it's the um is it in Europe yeah, it's in Europe. It's a country? Yeah. No, a GBP. Oh my gosh. How did I forget this? I mean, regardless, so that's, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's the that's the best market you feel like works for you? Yeah. Um, because GJ moves very he's gonna search that right now. <laughs> GJ moves very quickly and it's very volatile. Because when I first started trading, did you find it? Um, no. Type in GBP JPY. But when I first started trading, I hated that pair because it moved so quickly. You'll see some pairs, they'll just move slowly. Yeah. The Japanese. The pound. Yeah, the pound. Not the euro, the pound. Yeah, against the Japanese. Oh, that's the Japanese. Okay, yeah. So they move. It moves very. GJ moves very quickly. Like, it'll go up, like, in on the chart you call it pips it'll go up like 50 pips and then it'll come right back down and you don't really see that with any other pair all the other pairs that like move slowly and then slowly and then so it's like yeah because the market the market is open right now the best the best times to trade are between 3 in the morning and 12 p.m. Um, it's just because of the different markets that are open the London market opens at the best time to trade is when the London, the overlap between London session and um, New York session, because there are four sessions, Sydney, Tokyo, London, New York. New York is our nine to five. Um, London session opens three o'clock our time and it closes at 12 o'clock our time. So the best time to trade is between like eight in, eight in the morning and 12 because that's when the two sessions overlap. Because why would you want to trade when 
that country isn't banking. Yeah, you know, you. yeah. So that's why we a lot of times you see forest traders. They'll be up at three, four o'clock in the morning, and you'll be like, oh, "No, this person's bullshit." Or something. So you gotta know your time zones too. Yeah, you gotta know your time zones because if I'm trading, why would I trade? Um, why would I trade the British pair when the British market isn't open? Mm -hmm. Then nothing's gonna be happening. You know. So let me ask you: How hard is it to have a um, long distance relationship, especially when you guys have been working as much as at work? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, it's really just all about communication. The only time where me and my boyfriend run into problems is where we're not communicating with each other about what we're doing. Because a lot of times, um, I wouldn't say that I'm insecure, but I just like to know what's going on. And when I don't like to know what's going on, when I'm like out of the loop, it makes me like feel away. So that's the only thing. And it's the same thing with him. Like if I'm not texting, letting him know what's going on. Um, then he'll be like, you know, what's up? It's all about communication in any relationship. But long distance, it's not that hard because he's always busy and I'm always busy. So we usually just talk in the mornings and at nights. And we just encourage each other. And honestly, I feel like having a long distance relationship in the beginning is good because it takes the focus away from like sex. Like, I can't have sex with you, so now I gotta I gotta talk to you about what's on your yeah, mind you and your feelings really and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like you gotta really talk to somebody. You really gotta put that effort in. Like it's not just about okay, you know, going out to dinner and dates and stuff like that. It's more about getting to know you, getting to know how you feel. And it's like after you pass that like three four month mark, now you're like, okay, yeah, are we really doing this or what's how up? Long have been like six months. Six months. Yeah. How you know? He's the one who taught me um, how to trade for it. Remember when I told you that? Emery was always tagging somebody, and I hit him up. That's Champ. I had hit him up, and he had mentored me, and then we ended up dating. So. Who inspires you? Um, I, fo I follow a lot of lady bosses on my Instagram, and they really inspire me. If I could pick one, you don't pick like one person. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, so there's this female entrepreneur. Her name is Dana Chanel. She's a creator of Sprinkle of Jesus. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't know she was the. Yeah, she's the creator of Sprinkle of Jesus. She also has um she also has this um online online hair care place called the Curl Bible, and they sell stuff for curly hair girls. Um, and she is married, and her husband um, has his own stuff going on, and they work together, and they live together, and they prime other entrepreneurs. And she's probably my favorite because she's just so. She's Christian, but she's just so real. Like she's not a fake Christian. She's not all godly and spirit. Like she's godly and spiritual, but not like you know. She don't she have that image to uphold. Yeah, she's really real about everything that she does. She doesn't like she has she like she drives a Maserati, but she's like, oh, I drive a Maserati because I like cars. You'll see her and she'll be at work wearing like baggy pants and a shirt, and she just really inspires me a lot because she didn't go to college and. Um, well, she, she dropped out like at, in her first semester, and she's like 22 or 23, and she's already made over a million dollars with her companies. So she really inspires me a lot. I'm actually going to one of her workshops in Atlanta, in, it's like November 17th or something. Okay, that's dope. Very down to earth. Yeah, very humble. What about um, the Gold Brand? Can you tell us about that and how you guys started with the name? So the Gold Brand is something it is a clothing store that I'm coming out with, an online clothing boutique that I'm coming out with. I'm hoping to launch it by like October 15th. And that is just something I always told, well not I always told, but 
with my boyfriend i was telling him like i want to do something other than forex i want to take my forex money and invest it into something else because that's always the plan to take your money and to invest it into other realms where you can make more money um and i just didn't know what i wanted to do so one day i was just searching like wholesalers online and i saw this wholesaler that was selling um these these clothes that this other um female entrepreneur that i follow her store and i'm like this girl is marketing for stuff 300 percent like this is crazy i'm like so this is how much money you can make off of e-commerce because it was crazy because she was really marketing up her stuff 300 percent but it's not that it's not that she's marketing up 300 percent it's that everybody does that and you saw the principle behind it yeah so i i told champ i was like i think this is something i might want to do so then i did more research on it and then the next day i was at work and i was just thinking about a name and the gold brand just came to me i don't know why but it just came to me and then i just went with it i went i copyrighted the name um i got like my tax all that stuff tax id all that stuff and then i just went with it so now i'm getting my website put together and hopefully i'll launch that by october 15th but that's like the next venture that i'm going into and i'm really excited about that because that's something that's like all mine that i can really like curate and give to the world <laughs> so i'm excited about it what kind of clothes would you um, trend out um i'm leaning to more just trendy clothes like anything i would wear um just trendy clothes like cute little sh like shirts and dresses and accessories and stuff i'm hoping to do like um like a custom line in the future but i just want to get it going first before i get into that so do you want to start with female clothes and yeah. then lean into male clothes or unisex or yeah or i'm planning on starting with like female clothes and accessories and all that stuff and then with my line i'm planning for that to be unisex so that's awesome we got the next fashion over here guys <laughs> so like as far as um creating it and designing it are you is that something you like to do design clothes or are you going to have somebody help you design clothes um, with that, most of the clothes are going to be, um, they're going to be wholesale. I'm not going to design the clothes, but with the custom line, I just have a really, really like vivid vision of the line that I want to have and what I want it to represent. Um, I just want it to be a line for entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And I have like a lot of, um, I wouldn't say like like quotes and stuff that I really just want to embody, like put on a t-shirt and have males or females wear. But I don't want to say anything more about it. Somebody's going to steal my idea. <laughs> so I was, I was speaking to you, you telling me how you used to work with Brittany. Yeah. And um, you was telling me how she kind of made you boss up. Yeah, so I used to work for Brittany Sierra. You guys had her mm -hmm. here. I love her so, so much. She was probably the first um, like taste I got of entrepreneurship. Because um, she had done my hair before and... Um, I was friends with one of her friends and we were at her house for my for that friend's birthday and she was just talking about how she needed assistant how she needed assistant and this was when I had first moved down here in January and I was like well I could be your assistant She's so not I'm not the assistant that stole something but I was like I could be your assistant and then like we were we were around each other that whole weekend and then I remember after that weekend she had told me and we were just like like partying and stuff went to rooftop all of that stuff and she had told me afterwards she was like i was watching you this whole weekend to watch how you carry yourself and she was like i really like how you carry yourself so we're gonna try this out and so i ended up being her assistant 
and the thing about her what made me like boss up as you can say she loves her customers like her customers are everything to her it's not even, it's not it's never about her it's always about her customers how can we make them feel more comfortable how can we do better for them and that's what i loved about her and when things didn't go right she would chew me out and I had never been in a position where like my boss would just we would be sitting in the car and she would be like she'd be like no this needs to be done and this needs to be done and this was not right and, da, da, da. and I knew that it wasn't personal and I had to learn how to stop taking things so personal it taught me how to stop taking things so personal and just get things done because I remember when she first did that to me I was like I was about to cry <laughs> and because she was just so it's yeah. not that she was nonchalant about it but it was like she has a business yeah and then after that she was like okay you want to go get a drink like that's how she is and so she really just taught me how to not think take things personal put my customers first and then just boss up in all aspects because she's a she's a boss for real like she has so many visions and stuff in her head and i just can't wait for the next move that she makes and she always supports me in everything i do like even when i posted the gold brand because nobody knew i was coming out with that and i posted like two days ago and she replied to me and she was like oh i can't wait for you to come out with this like she is just the epitome of what a boss woman is so yeah. i just love her sometimes you can't take the person because it's like things got to be done and then you got to hold people accountable yeah things got to be done you got to hold people accountable and then i had never been anybody's assistant before so like i didn't know like a, a lot of things and there's a certain way she likes things done and i had to learn to get things done in that particular way and you can take being an assistant yeah, that. yeah because you're so in, you're in close corners with that person it's not like your boss chews you out and then you go back to your desk it's like your boss chews you up and then you gotta just stay with them, stay with them <laughs> for the rest of the day so you just had to learn how to i had to grow some balls for real i didn't have any balls and then you can take away from that i mean that's probably not your same style but you could take away yeah people will come that helps you out. yeah i took i took a lot of things away from that i definitely took away from that that like you have to even though we were friends, like you have to put the business first if that person's working for you. And I clearly understood that with her. Cause it was like, we would be working all through the day. She would chew me out and then we'd go get drinks and everything was cool. So I had to realize that it really wasn't personal. I'm just speaking about your dad. Does he own properties or something? Yeah, so my dad, well, my whole family really owns a lot of investment property in the Bahamas. My dad and my dad's side of the family lives in the Bahamas, and they own investment properties. My dad owns a um, an apartment complex called Ariel's Place, and that was his first property because I remember we used to live there, and then we moved out. And he has property in the Bahamas for me and my brothers and sisters. My grandparents own investment property, like a huge apartment complex. So it was just like that's what I grew up around and so that's like when I start to develop gold brand that's what I want to take that money and put it into investment properties because I can really see even when we were going through hard times because there was a point where my dad wasn't working for a whole year and we always ate off of that money so yeah. did you want to go back to the Bahamas and do anything in there um, um I wouldn't go back there to live it's a really 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 slow pace so I wouldn't go back there to live, but I probably, I mean, I would go back there, maybe teach forest classes, teach entrepreneurship classes, things like that. Maybe I go back there for vacation. I mean, I have a property there. I'll probably build on it, but in the long run. <laughs> but right now I just go back to visit my family because I have all my brothers and sisters there. That's dope. All right. And um, some people think that forex is like gambling at the casino. Yeah. Agree with that? Um, no, I don't agree with that. I agree that if you don't learn properly, then you are gambling like you're at a casino. Um, the 
problem that most people have is that they don't take the time to learn. They'll learn the basics and then they'll they'll jump in and then they'll see like you win some, you lose some, you win some, you lose some. And they'll be like, nah, this is ridiculous. You have to dive deeper. Um, it's just like it's just like anything. If you want to learn more, your teacher is only going to teach you so much. You have to take it upon yourself to go and learn more. So do the homework yeah like, you have to do the homework like when I was learning champ didn't tell me oh go read this book go read this book go read this book I had to take it upon myself to go to Barnes and Nobles and find books and learn different things because and it's another thing people learn different ways there are strategies that work for some people that don't work for me and vice versa so I had to learn what my strategy was and by and have and when you learning what your strategy is you have to go through a whole bunch of other people's strategies so you have to learn through other people and um did you want to get into different markets like the stock market or um, um, different, different trends? The only other market that I'm planning to get into is crypto. Crypto market. Um, because the company that I'm with, iMarkets Live, it's the company that taught me how to trade. They have cryptocurrency education as well. I just haven't had the time to get into it because it's a lot yeah. more, um, it's a lot more stuff going on than the forex market and cryptocurrency is very volatile meaning that um, it moves very quickly. There's a lot of stuff going on. So... It's hard to predict. Yeah, it's hard to predict. I don't think that'd be active, too. Yeah, I you don't have think to be. you can day trade that too, too Yeah, crypto, usually, people who trade Forex, they'll trade crypto on the weekends because the Forex market is open. So I pro I'll probably get into that when I move to Tempe and I'm around other cryptocurrency traders. So that's more something that you got to like hear and learn yeah. from somebody, not on the computer. Yeah, that's true. I try to get into that market, but it's just like I'll put money away just in case like it becomes like the real currency. But as far as trying to make money off of it, it's almost impossible. Yeah, the cryptocurrency like Bitcoin right now. I was reading an article, and Bitcoin right now has gone down like thirty percent in the last year. But the cryptocurrency market is different from like investing in Bitcoin is different from trading on the cryptocurrency yeah. market. It's just um, cryptocurrency is more like you're just you're just um, you're trading on whether like a certain crypto is gonna go up or down. Not necessarily Bitcoin because there are so many other ones. Yeah. So. All right. And um, I know I heard you say something about that you only allowed money to start the forex thing. And um, I was research and something. One guy was saying that the more money you put in, the better it is because sometimes like you put like five hundred dollars, the brokerage or whatever would match you. Because uh, some people don't really stay in it. Once they lose, they you mean like leverage. Yeah, yeah. Leverage. Um. So with forex, it's like I you have to pay like two hundred twenty dollars for the education. Mm -hmm. That's teaching. When you're actually going in, you can go in with as little as twenty dollars. So with the leverage, it's like you choose what your leverage is with your broker. You can do one to one hundred. One to five hundred. One to one thousand. My leverage, I trade on one to one thousand leverage, and that's basically um kind of hard to explain but it's basically saying if you put in twenty dollars it's like twenty times a thousand that's how much money you're really trading with so you wouldn't run out of your money so fast it's always better to go in with more money than as much money as you can but at the same time you should have been you should have been trading on a demo before you went live and a demo is basically you're trading with fake money on the real market so you should always be trading on your demo account before you go live so you know what you're doing what do you want to do with the YouTube um, channel that you do? Um, YouTube, I basically started it because too many people were asking me what is Forex and I didn't feel like explaining it, so I decided to make a video about it. 
<laughs> and um, then everybody always told me that I should do YouTube. The only thing with me is like consistency. And on YouTube, you have to be consistent. Like I was telling you, I was supposed to upload a video this weekend, and I was just sick. It's just about consistency, and it's just harder. Everything's harder when you want to um, when you. You see all these YouTubers with like so many followers, so many yeah. subscribers and so many views and you got here with your little 100, 200 views. And it's like, you just have to keep doing it and pushing stay it and yeah, stay on your grind and know that things are gonna happen instead of just posting one video. Obviously that one video is not gonna go viral. Like, unless you post like a sex tape or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless you're like doing something stupid. Something yeah, I feel like the the stuff with substance always stays longer than and that's the yeah. trendy stuff. Yeah, that's why I just really wanted I really wanted to focus my my YouTube on vlogs and forex stuff, and then um, planning my upcoming move and just showing like the life of an upcoming entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur. Because some hopefully someday I can I'll be like a millionaire entrepreneur, and I look back and be like, this is where I started, guys. <laughs> yeah. And you guys look at my YouTube and see where I started because everybody start, has to start somewhere. Yeah. And, um, Unless you're like Kylie Jenner. <laughs> what struggles do young uh, black women entrepreneurs go through as far as either building or when you get to the point you want to get to? What are the obstacles you probably have to face? Um, well, I can talk to you. Like one obstacle I have right now is just the college thing, because it's like everybody tells you you're supposed to go to college. Everybody meets me. Oh, how old are you? Nineteen. Oh, okay. What are you studying in school? Like. That's just the path, and that was the path that I was supposed to go on. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I was wanting to be an entrepreneur. I didn't even want to be an entrepreneur until about five months ago. That was the path that I was supposed to be on, and now that I'm not on that path, it's just harder to see. Like, I see all of my friends in college. I'm like, I want to be there. I want to be having fun, but it's like I'm not. I'm on my grind right now. So that's one of the struggles, um, overcoming, and then just overcoming the fear, because. I always have to remind myself and I like I do my like daily affirmations every day and I have to remind myself that if other people can do it, I can do it. There's no reason why I can't. I just have to work. Everybody wants this instantaneous gratification, especially our generation, and that's not how it works. Like people see Cardi B and they're like, Oh, Cardi B got famous in a year. Like that's no she person. Yeah, but no she nah, didn't because she because she, she, she been yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. She's been working for so long, but y'all just see the now, y'all don't see the then. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, well, they got a couple people that blow up, but no, yeah. like, usually you don't make ask that long. Yeah. yeah, you got people that blow up in a year, but I'm trying to build something that's going to last. Exactly. Like, I, it would be so easy for me to just, like, be an Instagram model because I got a nice body, I guess. So I could be an Instagram model and show my ass on Instagram and get, like, get, like, 50,000, um, followers and then it's like it's gonna it's gonna last but then it's like what do you do when you're not pretty no more exactly. what do you do when you don't got that you don't got that like i'm trying to build something that's off off of the grind off of me not off of how i look or anything like that yeah, and beauty, not yeah. Just beauty. yeah. and like take, i don't take anything from those people but it's just always make sure to use that platform that you have to build something that's gonna last because your face is not gonna last you know that's the only thing. I feel like a lot of the girls who are um, like Instagram famous and stuff, they don't use it enough to their advantage. They're just thinking about the now, about the Chanel purses and the bags and the trips and all that stuff. But they don't, they don't think about turning it into They don't business. think about investing and turning it into something else. Yeah. That's why like if I see like lady bosses who started off, I don't care what you started off as, you invested your money into something that's going to that's gonna build wealth and generate wealth and help your kids, then I salute you. 
but you just on Instagram showing your ass for a couple dollars, then using that do those dollars to go on the trip, like. Yeah, I think a lot of people like. I think Drea, Drea, that's her name. Drea, yeah, I love Drea. I love Drea because listen, Drea. She's pretty, but she turned it into. She a turned it into like she's come like she has um, men swim, and then she started. Uh, she has a nail bar coming out um, in LA. Like she, like she's a boss for yeah. real. And I salute her for that because she started off on the show and then she used that platform to build something more. What show she was on again? Um, basketball wise? Something like something that. Like that. Some but reality okay. show. <laughs> and she was acting crazy. Yeah. She don't, but she don't act like that no more. <laughs> but I think with the school thing, it's just like that's some people's lane, not other people's lane. As long as you have a lane, you, you feel me? Yeah. You're some working. It's just. school to find it too. Yeah, that yeah. too. But it's also just harder for me because I wanted to go to school. Like some people know the story behind why I didn't, but I just really wanted to go to school, and I like had scholarships and all of that stuff. So it's kind of harder for me to kind of switch my um, my focus. You went to FIU, I think. No, I was supposed to go to George Washington University, and I didn't go. And I'm I was supposed to go to Florida State in January, but I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just emailed me the other day, but I'm not going. They sent you a reminder. Hey, you hey. never signed up yet. Yeah, they were like, you have to send in your test scores. And I'm like, I'm not going. Nah. Don't tell us why. Um, money, basically. Like, Expensive. it's when I didn't go after school, like, I had gotten an award in high school for having the most scholarships out of my class. And I remember because me and my boyfriend at the time had got the they have a, it's like a class of 600, and they have a male and female award in most scholarships. The, the male is always a football player. Just my boyfriend, he got like 1.2 million in scholarships. Oh, wow. He's a football player. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, they do it times the four years, oh, times yeah. all of the schools. Uh, okay. So he had won that, and then I had won, and I had $236,000 in scholarships. And I was supposed to go to George Washington University in DC and study political science. But it ended up being a problem. Me and my mom had gotten in a fight the day of my graduation, and then she had told me, like, oh, I'm not paying for you to go to school no more. Because it was like, they had given me, I think, 36000 Because I was supposed to go to Howard. That's what happened. I was supposed to go to Howard because Howard gave me full tuition. And George Washington didn't give me anything. And they're right down the street from George each other. George Washington is a, is a black school too? No, it's a, it's a PWI. It's okay. actually, like, it's ranked up there with NYU. It's a whole bunch of rich white kids. Okay. So... I was supposed to go. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. It, it is expensive. It's like sixty thousand a year. So I was supposed to go to Howard, which is the HBCU, yeah. and George Washington didn't give me any money. So I emailed them, and I had applied early. So that means I was had to go to that school unless I couldn't afford it. So I emailed them, and I'm like, oh well, Howard gave me X amount of money, and you guys didn't give me any money, so I'm gonna have to go there. And they emailed me back, and they were like, well, this is what we can offer you. And they offered me thirty six thousand, which is half of the tuition. So my mom was like, my mom was like, babe, we could do that. And then we ended up not getting in a fight and then she just said she wasn't gonna pay for me anymore. Oh, wow. And the problem was my mom makes a lot of money, so I couldn't get like financial aid from um from the government. So I ended up not going. And I was supposed to go this year, but it's like the same deal. And it's just like family stuff. And I had to just realize that maybe it's not for me you know because other people go to school not saying like they're poor but poor people and me go to school so much easier than me like why do i have to struggle so much just to go to college yeah, yeah. you know i was just thinking in my head like why do i have to struggle so much just to go to college this thing that other people do so easily and i had to um just reevaluate 
and then my boyfriend came into my life and then this entrepreneurship came into my life and then I just started having these visions of what my life could be without college. You didn't want to go into debt Loans. Yeah, it's I couldn't even I couldn't even get student loans. That's the thing because I'm so young. Oh, I couldn't. Wow. I didn't even have any credit to get any student loans. The thing too, because uh, I've talked a lot with other people, and they're saying like the main problem with college nowadays is that people who don't have financial aid have to pay for prereqs. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Prereqs that you did in high school. Yeah. So why are you paying for something that you was getting something for free? Yeah. That's the main thing on top of that. And it's just like, it's, it's so expensive for no reason. Yeah, I'll probably go one day, but right now, I just feel like that's not the lane for me. Do you think if you had financial aid, you would have been going to school right now? Yeah, most definitely. Because I was one of those people that were like, I'm going to school and I'm going to study political science. I really wanted to go into, I really wanted and still want to go into government really bad. Like I always wanted to do political science and anybody who knows me knows that. And I was really good in school. Like I got like really good ACT scores, all of that stuff. That's why I got so many scholarships because of my ACT scores. So. So what is political science? I was just about to say that. that. Political, I, I always hear that. Political it's, about like science. A, it's like a fancy word. And I'm just like, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's like, a study <laughs> in the government. Basically. Yeah, it's study of politics, and they have like political scientists who work in um, who work in the government, but also work in different corporations because they um, they just study like surveys and things like that. But I just wanted to do to go into the government. I really wanted to go to law school. Actually, I wanted to go do my get my political science degree and go to law school. So, do you have a take on like the Florida the Florida government race? Or is that something to pay um, attention to? Yeah, um, Andrew Gil Gilman, I meant to say Gilman. Gilman. Gilman, yeah, Gilman. He's a really good pick, I feel. Um, that other guy, I don't know his name, I know he's a racist white prick. <laughs> and anybody who's supported by Trump, I don't really mess with. So, vote Andrew Gilman. Gilman. What do you want to say about voting for our generation? How important it is? I feel like voting is very important. I feel like people underestimate the power of their vote, honestly. And I just feel like people don't take it seriously. Like it, even in the last election, there were so many ballots placed for just random people who weren't even in the election. Like why would you go somewhere, stand in a line to vote for somebody who's not even in the election, just to be funny. Yeah. Like it's not funny. And you can see now that it's not funny because look who we have as our president. Yeah. I feel like just you don't even have to be involved. Just do your research the day of the election. It's not that much to research. Research the day of the election and then go out and vote and make your pick. And even every vote really does matter. Like people say that, but every vote matters. Like I couldn't vote in this past, um, like a couple weeks ago because I'm not a Florida resident yet. I've only been here for a couple months, but it's just important to vote. Yeah, some people say that it's like preset. Like Yeah, but it's not. It's not, trust me. Because Listen, I don't know if you guys, um, if you guys like read um, any articles or anything, or if you guys heard about the New York op-ed that came out the other day about Trump. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah, I bet it. There was a yeah, there was a New York um, op-ed, which is an opinion piece that came out in the New York Times, and it was written by somebody who works with Trump, who was a top person in the White House, who said that. They understand that, basically they said, we understand that Trump is crazy, we're dealing with him. So don't worry about it. This is somebody, one of Trump's like top people. And they were like, they, they even thought of um, inflicting, was it 23rd Amendment or something and getting him out of the White House, but they were like, 
and yeah, yeah featured him, but that would do more harm than good. And now, like, the White House is crazy because they don't know who wrote it. And the New York Times knows who wrote it, but they're obviously not going to say it because yeah. that is that person's life. And, like, with something like that, how could you think that something like that was preset when there are people in the White House who are telling you that this man is crazy? What's that girl's name? Omarosa or something? Omarosa, yeah. Oh, like, she um, pretty much went against him, too. She got a book and everything else. Yeah. So it's not it's definitely not preset. I feel like Hillary obviously isn't the best, but come yeah, on, she uh, would have been she, better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, according to other people, because uh I'd be around a couple of white folks and stuff and they'd be like, She's she's just as worse because of her husband, they said. I mean her, first of all, her and her husband don't got nothing to do with each other. If you think they still sleep in the same bed, you're crazy. <laughs> no, but they're saying that he wasn't really running, she was running. What do you mean? Uh, she was the one telling him what to do, pretty much, and all these laws that he passed, everything he did. I mean, that's every woman in every relationship. So, <laughs> Michelle, you, you don't think Michelle got something to do with some, some of the stuff but, Obama did? But that's their point. The point is, if she was running the things, so she comes back into office, it's going to be the same thing. I don't think yeah, so. but I think it's really more about the logic stuff. Yeah, the logic behind everything that's been going on, and like yeah. the principle of like what is right and what is wrong. But I think that's like the epitome of like white. Um, White, what do you call it again? White privilege. Yeah, yeah. white privilege. Because yeah. you could be like crazy, they could call you crazy, and then at the end of the and day. And then it's like because he's in because he's in office, it makes um white supremacists so bold. It makes them so he's bold. Coming, they're coming out of the they, and they come out the woodwork and it's like People thought it was gone. It's always here. Yeah. And, and I've met I've met um, black Trump supporters and I've spoken with them because I understand that everybody's opinion is welcome. But at the end of the day you just gotta think it's all about optics. Everything is about optics, and he's just stupid. <laughs> how, would, how would you feel about like a woman president? How would that inspire? Listen, if Michelle were running, and not even Michelle, but any woman, but I just love Michelle. Um, I feel like that would be great because the women be running shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> women run shit anyway. Like I'm trying to tell you, like you'll be in the can you'll be in the campaign. Listen, door to door. No, I would love a woman president because they would they would get stuff done. Women, women get stuff done. Men bullshit. Women get stuff done. It's not really about all that because you gotta realize you gotta deal with it all. What is it called, Congress? Yeah, but they find a way to deal with it though. I feel like I just feel like women are. Yeah, they finesse. Just as hard for a woman. For me, they probably have more leisure. Like you know, how Kim Kardashian went to Donald Trump. They know how to speak with more grace. They know how to speak with more grace. Because of what? That's because that's Kim Kardashian and Donald Trump. Like they don't count. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump got too much time on their hands, and his people just like, yeah, bring her in to distract him because he's easily distracted. Yeah, that man is easily distracted. Well, I have a question about actually. When are you financially responsible in a relationship? When am I financially responsible in a relationship? Yeah. Um, never. <laughs> um, and Take I don't. And I don't. Oh, okay. So I don't say that to say like. Okay. So if your man is down, not working, struggling. If he's down, then. Oh, you watch Insecure? Like yeah. The first season. Yeah. Where dude was on the couch <laughs> and she dumped him. I mean, okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> in a relationship, we support each other. The man's job is to support. Okay, so if we're talking about like, okay, let's say for example, how me and my boyfriend are about to move in together. He already knows that he's paying the rent. He's not gonna ask me to pay the rent. If I offer to pay the rent, then that's different, which I will sometimes if I want to. Um, <laughs> that's different. 
but I know that my job is that if I want us to go out, I'm probably gonna pay. Um, groceries and stuff, I'm probably gonna pay. It has to be 50-50 yeah, in some type of way. But yeah, but when it comes to like the, the steady stuff, like with my car, it's my car, so I'm gonna pay the car insurance and the car note. With the house, he wanted me to move in with him, he's paying the rent. So what if it's an agreement? What if you wanted him to move in with you? He'd probably still pay the rent. <laughs> because it's him. If he didn't have the money, that would be different. Like if he, he was in a rut, if things wasn't working out, it would be different because you have to understand like he's a full-time entrepreneur. So stuff's gonna be up and down sometimes. So obviously we have to just have each other. Yeah. But then it just also depends on your relationship. That's what I always say, like when I post things about financial responsibility and stuff and people get on me, literally one person had told me that if your girl doesn't pay the rent or if she doesn't pay the bills that you're with a broke bitch. No, that's not true. No, that's not. You can spend the same amount of money somewhere else. Yeah, it depends on your relationship. It just depends on your relationship, and you have to have that conversation. And that's. Go ahead. I know some people, I'm not going to say names and stuff, but they're in a situation where the girl is just working like 12 hours a week and she's just sitting home and. You're not going for that? Um. If you have to have. Two jobs. You have to have a. You have to have a conversation with your partner. Like, I had the conversation with my boyfriend, and he was like, yeah, even when he moves out, he's still going to pay the rent because he's going to school. So I'm like, he's he's going to pay the rent regardless. And basically, everything else is on me if I want something extra, da, da, da. If he wants to pay for something, that's different. But you have to have the conversation and just know, because that's what I was saying before. It's all about communication. I can't go into something thinking that he's going to be paying it. We never had the conversation. That it's a big problem when the bills come out because nobody knows who's paying what. Yeah. But you don't think that, all right, you're right, it's about to communication but like if you have been allowing it for like three years and now you want to say something but you think it's going to be hard to come at a girl like you can see you can't allow that you have to that's why you have to say things off rip yeah Yeah. that's a that's a that's a problem my boyfriend can see i be trying to get mad about things i well i don't be trying to i do be getting mad about things and he's like it's not a big deal i'm like but it can turn into a big deal that's why i'm addressing it now he doesn't understand why I get mad about small stuff, but small stuff turns into big stuff really fast, especially when you're living together. It's different when you're in different states. When you're living together, small stuff turns into big stuff really, really fast. Yeah, if you don't do that, it's going to keep going in a circle. Exactly. Circle is good. But y'all are like naggy every 30 minutes. No, we don't, me and my boyfriend don't fight. We don't fight. It's not fight, it's more like reminders. <laughs> Usually, oh, that's <laughs> I mean, I don't really gotta remind him about nothing. He be knowing. He be, he be, he be, he he knows what needs to get done. If he's purposely not doing it, then that's on him. But he knows what he needs to get done. He's an entrepreneur. He got a thousand things on his mind. That's another reason why I don't really bring stuff up because he knows what he got to get done. But he also got the meeting with this person. Got a call with this person. Got to do this. Got to do that. So I try not to get on him about a lot of things because I know he has a lot on his plate. I try to get done what I can get done. When things aren't getting done, I remind you, hey, babe, this needs to be done. Okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that today. I did forget about that. I'm sorry. I don't like to nag people. So. I feel like it's because you have an understanding because you're an entrepreneur, too. But if your girl's not an entrepreneur, like Max was saying, she's going to be nagging. See, but even before, even before, that's why you have to find a good match for you yeah. as well. Because even before I had gotten to this entrepreneur mind, when we was first dating and I was still working, I'm working now, but even when I was just working, I understood that he was an entrepreneur and I understood the things that he needed to do because we were friends first. So I already understood and I already understood the reasons why his last relationship didn't work. So you always have to have that conversation. You have to have that understanding. I understand what he has to do throughout the day. He understands what I have to do throughout the day. Like he wouldn't be blowing up the phone right now because he knows I'm doing a podcast. That's dope. I like that. So where can we find you?
find you and your new uh, your new business to both of mine. Okay, so my at name on on Instagram is Ariel.Elizabeth and then my clothing line is called the Gold Brand. You can find it on Instagram at the Gold Brand Ltd. And when should it be open? I'm thinking launch date October 15th. That sounds like a nice date. Yeah, October 15th. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, that's dope. Um, so we appreciate having you here. Uh, it's for the culture.